may be seated, brothers and sisters. We have an awesome God, worthy of all praise, worthy of all glory. In every moment in our life, praise God that we can come together to pray together, to sing songs to Him, to be encouraged by one another daily, as we can call it today, as we continue in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ each and every day, and we look to Him. Praise God that we're here this evening and knowing that He's with us and the great promises that He's given to each and every one of us in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God that He is here with us and that we may look to Him each and every day and each and every moment in our lives as well. We have a great moment tonight to think about the God's promises. You know, Tim talked about the promises of God, talked about what we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we want to think about God's promises tonight for us to not to give up. For us, as he said last week, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul that we know and we can believe that God is with us at all times and at all moments. I don't know. Maybe the slide's not working tonight. That's okay. But I just want us to think about it this evening when we think about God's promises. God is with us and he is with you and I each and every moment in our lives and that we need to remember that in our lives as we go forward each and every day. Now, one of the things, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but we've heard, and maybe you've heard it said before, good things come to those who what? Good things come to those who? Wait, all right? And so that's one of the things that we hear about, we think about, and why do people say that? Because they know that we're in an anxious society. And they know that we want good things to come quickly. And sometimes they don't come as quick as we want. And we're looking for them and say, my goodness, good things come to those who wait. Well, how long do I got to wait? How long do I got to wait? Lord God, you got all these promises. But how long am I going to have to wait, Lord, for you to fulfill all the promises that you have in my life? And so we think about two people in the Bible that were given a great and precious promise by God. And they had to wait. And see when that opportunity would come. And those two people that we want to look at tonight is Simeon and Anna. Two people that were able to see the baby Jesus as he comes up to the temple for the first time. After being circumcised, after the days of purification. And they're going to be there together. And those we see in these verses here that we're going to see tonight. I want us to see two people who understood what it meant to be patient. To wait on the Lord. And see what the Lord was going to do. No matter the age... God has great promises in store for each and every one of us. And he continues to fulfill them daily and in different ways and at different times. But in a very real way, he did this for these brothers and sisters here in this Bible. Look in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, when we get here to this moment. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now we understand the reason that Luke was using two doves or pigeons here at this moment. It's because Mary and Joseph come from very humble circumstances. They did not have much. And for those who were poor, they could offer one of these two things, the pair of doves or two young pigeons. And so that's why they are there offering this to the Lord. You remember later on when Jesus is older and he goes into the temple, people are what? Selling doves and pigeons, trying to make money. And they've forgotten the whole purpose of it was to come and praise God and worship God bringing that. And so Jesus drives them out of the temple. He said, my house would not be a house of robbers, a den of thieves, but a house of prayer. 
And I want us to see two people tonight who exemplify what it means to be a house of prayer. People who understood what it means to pray to our Lord daily, waiting on the promises of God. You know, we sing the song, right? Standing on the promises. And so we want to stand on the promises of God. We want to believe that God says, you follow me and I will be your Lord. We want to believe God that when we're talking about in James about trials, that Lord God, we can stand the test. Or when we're being tempted, that Lord God, you provide a way of escape for us. These are promises that our Lord and God, our God and Father has made through through his son, Jesus Christ. And we want to believe it and we want to remember it each and every day. And so Joseph and Mary go to the temple and they go up to this this. This festival at this time going and they'll be going many years in front ahead of time also. But look what happens here in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now I want you to imagine Simeon. We don't know how long he was there. Simeon, a godly man, as it says here, a godly and righteous man. And what I want us to understand as God's promises, while we're waiting on God's promises, God calls us to be righteous and devout. God calls us to be that each and every day, righteous and devout in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just as Simeon was righteous and devout. Looking at this man here and his life and the things that he has done for us, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die. Now, we don't know when it was revealed to him. But can you imagine the anticipation from the time that he heard from the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he was going to see the son's Messiah? The anxiety, the hope, the the joy of knowing that, wow, God has revealed that this promise is going to happen to me. Now, I don't know about you. I get excited. Oh, wow, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It's a promise. It's a promise. First day. Well, didn't come today. Second day. Well, didn't come. Third day. Maybe years passed. We don't know. But imagine however much time it was. What was Simeon about while he was waiting for the promise of God? Simeon was about the business of God. He was a devout man. A righteous man. And when it says devout and righteous man, it means the idea that he was a God-fearing man. And while he waited for the promises of God. Yes, maybe they didn't come just like that. But he understood that God's promise was coming to him. So I'm sure that he woke up every day in eager expectation. Will it be today that I see God's promise fulfilled? Will it be today that I see the Lord's Messiah? Will it be today that I see the hope of Israel, the hope of my people? And then suddenly one day, imagine when he's coming, Simeon's thinking about this. Simeon in his life, moved by the Spirit to go to this couple, Joseph and Mary. Who knows what Simeon was thinking when God, the Spirit had revealed to him that he would himself not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Would he already come as an adult? Would he see him, Jesus grown? Or would he see the Messiah when he was young? Or maybe, just imagine this. Moved by the Spirit. Okay, God is acting. He's taking me to see the Messiah. Who is it? Maybe we could think, perhaps he was like a little bit like David's father, you know, and his sons. 
David's father, the sons of Jesse, okay, all of them, looking at them, thinking, well, surely it's this one, or surely it's that one. And then they come to David. But now, as Simeon moves by the Holy Spirit, as God is bringing him that way, we talked about the Ethiopian eunuch last week, Philip being moved by the Spirit to go to that carriage to talk to him. Now the the Holy Spirit using Simeon to go to this couple. And who does he see? Oh, I'm sorry. The microphone's not working tonight. I got to stay behind here. If you didn't hear anything I said just now, I won't repeat it, okay? (laughs) I love it. But I do want you to know, I'll try to stay back here. You know, Tim, last week as he came, came up to preach, the batteries for the microphone lapel went out. Well... When I went to get it this week, or I was looking for it last week, it's disappeared. So I believe it's in Tim's room locked up. So we'll get the lapel mic again so I can be sure that you can hear me all the time. I do want you to know, though, this morning that Brad Hargrove, I did fulfill my promise to the person that, that sent your message to me, being able to hear loud and clear as well. So I will stay behind this pulpit for you guys to hear the rest of this sermon, okay? I promise I'll do my best to do that. Sometimes hard, but I will do it. But what I want us to think is about Simeon at this time. He was a righteous and devout person waiting to see who this Messiah is. And when he gets there, it's a baby. Imagine. It's a baby. And when he sees the baby, you know, you can tell that Simeon was so in tune with God. He didn't say, what? It's a baby? This is a baby that you send me to see right now is the Messiah? This just this little baby? What did he do? Moved by the sp- Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law was required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Amen? Simeon. When is this promise going to be fulfilled, Lord? You have revealed to me that I will see the Lord's Messiah. And now you have done your will. You have completed your promise to me, Lord. And imagine Simeon at that moment grabbing that baby and putting that little baby in his arms looking. Wow. That little baby. This is the Lord's Messiah. This is the one that the Lord promised me that I would see before I die. Will I see it till the end? I don't know. But just the fact of knowing who the Messiah is. Wow, Lord. That's all I live for. To be able to see him. The redemption of Israel. The consolation of Israel. The salvation of of the faithful. Look what he says in this song or this in this words here it says he prays God saying sovereign Lord as you have promised you you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Wow. What say me to dismiss Lord. Dismiss me in peace. Do you think he was kind of scared that he was going to die even though perhaps he was not to be revealed. Maybe so. But he said now I can rest in peace. Because I have seen the Lord's Messiah. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, as God you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, 
which you prepared, have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon already understood God, this Messiah, this baby will be for the glory of Israel. But not only them, a light for the Gentiles. Wow, what an awesome promise. God said, you and I will have the opportunity to be saved by this Messiah. This king that they were looking for. As he sees here, the king in his arms. Imagine Simeon holding this baby. Jesus, king of kings and lord of lords. Coming in his humility. And God accomplishing his promise. And Simeon said, you can now dismiss me in peace. The idea, isn't it great? The idea that in Jesus we have peace. Lord God, now that I know who you are, what does it say in the end of Revelation? Even so, come Lord Jesus. Now that we have seen the King of kings and Lord of lords through his word, We are anxiously waiting for God to fulfill his promise, his final promise at Jesus coming, that we will be there in this moment, glorious moment with him in eternity. What an awesome promise that we have to look forward to. God's fulfilling his promises already. We live because of that promise. And Lord God, if today is the day you take me home, thank you, Lord, that I knew who you were. Let me live and rest in peace. Simeon now ready to do that. But not only does he do that, he does a prophecy also. He's saying, Mary, it's going to be hard. And look what he says here. He says, this child's fa- the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, about baby Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Imagine him knowing that Mary would probably be there. When she sees this Jesus. This baby that she's brought to the temple. That they already had circumcised and now purifying. And putting up and treasuring these things in her heart. Her own soul would be pierced. Thinking of what would happen. But I want us to understand something about Jesus. That's why Jesus is such a big subject today. Even in this world. Even people who don't like Christians. They still like to talk about Jesus. And they still like to talk about how crazy it is. For people to follow Jesus. Romans and Corinthians says the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. And the wisdom of the cross is foolishness to this world. But God's foolishness is greater than man's wisdom. So God is all-powerful. God is smarter than all of us and knows all things. But look what he says. will cause the rise and the fall of many. This Jesus is going to change the world. And he's going to move things and he's going to change things. And those who think they're living by faith, if they really are, they will understand who he is. But those looking through the scriptures and not finding that Jesus is Lord and that he is King of Kings, they will fall. But oh, praise God that we can know That Simeon saw the Lord's Messiah. God fulfilled his promise to Simeon. And Simeon said, Lord God, I may be now dismissed in peace. 
But not only that, good things come to those who wait or are being patient. Good things come to those who are righteous and devout as Simeon, God-fearing people. But God comes to those, good things come to those who pray and fast. Look what it says here in chapter Chapter twenty, chapter two, verse thirty-six. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penel, a tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Now, some say she lived to under eighty-four, but others say in these verses that she was a widow for eighty-four years. So she was even probably perhaps even older, close to 100. When her husband passed away, what did she dedicate herself to at that moment? To worshiping the Lord night and day at his temple. And what was happening at the temple as she was praying all those times and all of those moments? We can know that she was praying for something very important for the people of God at that time. And I know all of us are praying now for people in our hearts and our minds and looking for God, looking for Jesus to work in the lives of these people. And we ask God and we pray as Anna did. Look, she's looking as a widow until she was 84, never left the temple, come and worship every moment. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child. Look what, what happens. Coming up to them, who? Joseph and Mary and that little baby. Seeing that baby. You can hold your baby here if you want to. Looking at the baby. Looking at that baby. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Okay? Many of them were looking for a physical redemption. We understand that. Acts chapter 1, when Jesus was taken up into heaven, they said, the disciples asked him, him, are you going to now restore your kingdom here? But Jesus said in Luke 11 already, my kingdom is not of this world. When people say the kingdom is there or the kingdom is here, I will say that the kingdom of heaven is within you. And it's within us who are in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But look what she says here. He will be the redemption of Jerusalem. He will save those who are faithful to the Lord. He will save those who are true worshipers, who are true disciples of God our Father. And I want us to think about this lady, Anna. All of those years, praying, worshiping, night and day, going each and every day. Wow, isn't it great to know that she still believed that God was working in her life? Be it 70, 80, 90, 100 years old. Isn't it great to know that our brothers and sisters in Christ here, that our age doesn't matter, but the Lord still is attentive to our prayers. He still hears us. We still pray. We still believe that he can do his good and pleasing, perfect will in our lives each and every day. Anna was a woman exemplary of this. Now, you know, okay, when Paul gave that advice there in Timothy, he said, widows, if you're young, marry. But Anna decided she she was going to stay unmarried, but give her life there to the temple each and every day. And as she was doing that, this great and awesome promise came to her as well. well. Good things come to those who wait and are patient. Good things come to those 
who live a righteous and devout life to our God. A good things come to those who pray and fast. She was waiting for this moment, and it came to her. Isn't it a great and awesome thought to see that this woman, even what she had gone through, never faltered in her faith to the Lord. Now look what it says here. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. And our God, Jesus, would continue to grow. And as he would grow, he would live his life for the Lord. When he gets 12 years old, we understand that he already understands, starting to understand who he is. When Joseph and Mary lose him there, coming back from the feast, and they go back and they get to the temple and he says, shouldn't I not be in my father's house, understanding God, his father? And then we see him again at 30 years old, older in his life. Going to the river Jordan where John, who prepared the way for him, sees him and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And as he was baptized to fulfill all righteousness, because he said it was to be done to fulfill all righteousness. After that, the Spirit comes on him in the form of a dove. And the voice from heaven says, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Jesus, looking to the Father, knew the promises that was bestowed behind him. Jesus, in his prayer in John chapter 17, God the Father, I have exalted you and I have glorified you. I'm now coming back to you and I'm ready to have the glory I had with you before the beginning of time. Jesus believed in the promise. Jesus, when he got to the garden, it was hard. But when he got up from the garden praying, went in there, he understood that God answered. And he said, you're going through this. And who for the joy set forth for him endured the cross, scorning its shame. And now he's at the right hand of God. God's promises come to those who wait with faith, just like Simeon. God's promises come to those living a righteous and devout life. God's promises come through our praying and fasting to Him. And the greatest promise that we have and that we know is that living this life here, when we give up our life here, we have a reward that's in heaven, that's waiting us, pure. Now this thing about Jews and Gentiles, Why is that so big? Why is that such a big deal? Look here in Romans with me in chapter 11. And I want us just to think about this just for a moment. In Romans chapter 9, Romans known as a book of faith, faith, book of grace, book of faith. But in Romans chapter 11, when we get to the end of Romans chapter 11, Paul is going to say that all Israel will be saved. And listen to what he says here in verse 25. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full member, a number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. Who is all Israel? All of those who have lived by faith. All of us who have lived by faith. Deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. 
As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far as the election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gift and his call are irrevocable. irrevocable. Just as you were one at one time disobedient to God, have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience. Because Israel disobeyed, God opened the opportunity for them to be redeemed. Not only them, but all those who are not from Israel. He opened it up for sinners like you and me. So that we too may have a new, come, now become disobedient in order that they too may live and receive mercy as a result of God's mercy. But what's the greatest thing of all? God is awesome. Look what it says here in Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. God made an awesome plan. When Adam and Eve sinned there in the garden. Oh no, I've got to make a plan to save humanity. No. Already, in the mind of God, he loved us enough to say, I've got a plan. Because if men falls, and he will, I want to redeem them. I want to pay them back. And he did that when he gave his son Jesus on the cross for each and every one of us. God's promises. Are you ready to receive God's promise of eternal life? (coughs) Of salvation? Those men who were cut in their heart in Acts chapter 2 when they asked, what shall we do? And Peter and the apostles said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins. (coughs) Excuse me. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's a promise he made for them. Descendants, and for those who are all far off. Believe in that promise. Believe in that promise. Last week, (coughs) talking about the Ethiopian eunuch. He believed in that promise. And when he stopped and he said, there's water, what hinders me from being baptized? Philip says, you can if you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. And that's what he said. And he went into the water and he was baptized and he went away what? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Simeon could go away rejoicing because God accomplished his promise and fulfilled his promise in him. Anna could go with thanksgiving in her heart because God had allowed her to see the one who would be the redemption of Israel. And we can be assured today that when we give our lives to the Lord, he fulfills his promise. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Amen. We believe. We believe that God's promise says that we will be in heaven. And until we get there. Oh, man. All right, Bryson. Until we get there. We're going to have some hard times. We're going to have some testing. And there's going to be lots of things under the sun that happen. But because of us believing in the eternal promise of God that Jesus is coming back, we're going to serve him till the end. And so when the people say rest in peace, we can truly rest in peace 
Because we know that what is material is gone, but what is eternal is forever. That when we are in the Lord, that one last promise, that when we live our, give our last breath, we will be with the Lord. What an awesome promise. Paul said that to the church in Philippi. I am divided between the two. I am ready to be with my Lord. Oh, I am. But as long as I'm in this body, I'm going to serve you, Lord, to help others. And so as long as we're in this body, and as long as Anna was in her body, for many, many years, she said, I'm going to worship you and serve you, Lord, with all thanksgiving in my heart. Simeon, until that moment when he saw the baby Jesus and he was moved by the Spirit and saw that baby, lived every day a righteous and devout life. The great promise that we have to look forward to is eternal life when Jesus comes. Now, the thing is, we don't know when he's coming, but we do believe in the promise. And so when that day comes, it will not come like a thief in the night, as it says in 2 Thessalonians or in in 1 Peter chapter 5. But it will come as a great day for us who are rejoicing at the day that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is coming. Brothers and sisters tonight, I just want you to remember that we have all kinds of promises from God. We have the promises of Him giving our daily needs that He said He will take care of as long as we continue in Him and not be anxious. But know that God will take care of those things. But above all, we have the great and great, great and awesome promise that we are going to be in heaven. May we live lives and reflect on people in the Bible who live these lives. And when we look at the great cloud of witnesses in the Bible and the great cloud of witnesses of people around us, may we be like Paul says what? I fought the good fight. I finished the race. There is storing for me the crown of righteousness. Wow. Lord God, thank you so much. What I have to look forward to. These promises come to us, Lord. Not because we're perfect. But because we understand your promises, we believe in your promises enough, Lord, that yes, we'll be patient. It's hard to be sometimes, but yes, we will be. That yes, Lord, we will live a life, godly life, because we understand the grace and mercy that we receive. And Lord, in everything that we go on in our lives each and every day, just as it says in Colossians, in all things that we do, and just as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in all circumstances, we will give you the praise. For you are our God, you are our Father, and we are your children, and you have kept your promise, and you will continue to keep your promise to us until that day comes. If we can help you in any promise, any prayer that you need tonight, we want to pray for you. But we believe God's promises, and we believe that God is your Father, and He loves you, and never forget that, that He loves you. Come as we stand and sing if we can help in any way. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D F I E L D. C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. 
or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.